All right, folks, we're live. Episode three. Well, that was six. I held up six. Episode three of the Be Happy or Die Trying podcast slash YouTube show. Um, I'm here with Paul tonight. Paul, how are you? Good, man. How are you doing? Pretty good. Pretty good, man. It's a Tuesday. I think we're going to make Tuesday nights. We're going to record Tuesday nights, so the episodes will release Tuesday night and or Wednesday morning, which is cool. Okay. Um, I, I like it. Yeah. And then today, we have our first ever Be Happy or Die Trying guest. First ever guest a, on the that's show. That's a real honor there. It's a big, big time honor. Dylan Davis of 366 Sports. Yeah. First ever guest. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Dylan. How are you, man? Good. How are you? Man, you know, again, I'm doing great. I'm excited. We're excited to have you on. Funny, Dylan and I met Very on Facebook so. um, about a year or so ago, right about the right around the NFL draft of 2019. Um, and yep. we've become good. Really, I feel like we've become really good friends. And um, yeah, I agree. So today's episode, um, we wanted to talk about the five stages of grief because they're things that I think no matter how long you live in life or how however long you've lived i feel like it, at some point everybody experiences loss it, it loss manifests itself in many different ways and, and i think we constantly as human beings find ourselves going through these stages of grief due to certain loss uh and losses that happen there's obviously some really really big losses that happen in life and then there's littler ones but you still experience them and and, and as paul was saying before we we started recording what were you saying about your your, your problems always matter paul right no matter how small yes. they are no matter how small they are, I mean, we just, we each, uh, I said it, I think last show, I mean, we just, we're each leaving, uh, leading our own individual lives with our own individual yeah. problems. And, you know, um, those problems are just as real for us as, you know, somebody else's problems for somebody else, even though they might be drastically different problems. Uh, they're still just diff difficult to get through and regardless, but. Uh, with uh, actually experiencing those losses and working your way through them in, in healthy ways, uh, you find at least healthy ways down the road anyways yeah. to get through it and uh, deal with it that much better and more confidently down the road. Yep. You're, 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 you're spot on there. And I know we said last week we're not just going to always just go back and forth and agree with each other. But, I mean, there's literally you were spot on with, with what you said. Um, but the reason why we want to have Dylan on today, not only is Dylan a great friend of ours. Um, actually, well, he's a great friend of mine. I don't really know how well Paul knows Dylan. but hopefully I, I've, I've gotten show. to see him in a couple of the meetings now for 366 uh, on the video chats. Yeah. And just in, in text, I mean, I, I don't have a problem with any of those guys. I just – I. I, I like every single one of them that I've gotten to interact with Dylan as well. Um, and I'm just looking forward to being able to interact more and just having, having a conversation right here. I mean, this is, this is the best time to actually get to know somebody and, and getting into the deep yeah. stuff, not just the surface level uh, similarities, but just really just going through some of the struggles and trials that we've all faced and just um, coming out of that, just knowing that uh, we made it through and still, and, and that strengthened us as men, you know, it never weakens you to, to talk about your struggles. In my opinion, I mean, it just, it yeah. makes you stronger that you've, you've gotten through it. That's so another, another, I'm just, I'm really excited just to, to hear. Yeah. It's another stigma we're breaking and, and Dylan, I'm going to let Dylan tell a story. Um, cause Dylan's experienced a, a great loss this year and he's wanted to come on and talk about it. And we figured let's, let's do this episode. So Dylan, do you want to kind of explain what you, some of the things you've been dealing with this, this whole year? Yeah. Um, first, I mean, thank you for having me on. Um, you know, it's, I, I've never, I mean, I've, I've discussed it with people I know, but I've never really ex uh, expanded to, you know, everybody. So hopefully, um, some of the things I say help some people that either have are currently or will face something like this in their life at some point. Cause 
um everybody will at one point but um so yeah i was just uh on well it was before february 2nd so it was january 30th around there uh it's just a normal day going to work uh started off watching good morning football like i did every every morning it was hey, just adams. a normal day yeah k <laughs> adams they're down in orlando um doing the super bowl preview week um you know, and then I'm just kind of heading to work, my normal 12 to 8. Um, just drive drive to work or whatever. Um, we had, I work as a rec- recreation program leader at a jail, so we we're having a basketball game that night. And it was about se- it was about 7.30. Uh, I get done at 8, like I said. So um, I'm sorry, just to derail real quick, but this is just a really curious question for me. What were yeah. the team names of the, the inmates in that basketball oh, they- game? So we we actually we don't allow them to name their teams. Oh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's based on their dorms. Yeah. Oh, okay. But they oh, okay. But they I mean they they turn in the roster and some of them do have team names. I just never I never name them that. <laughs> I let them kind of take it. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> um so I'm sorry, keep going though. <laughs> but yeah, there was there's a game going on. Uh I think it was ha- probably halftime or just after. Um we're all in the gym and I had an officer pull me aside and say, you got a outside line, which means somebody called me down the hall um, in my boss's office. And I'm like, who's calling me at seven 30 at night? Like I'm, I'm getting out of work in a half hour, you know? Um, so I go down there and it's, it's just, I'm thinking kind of weird. Like this must be something odd. Cause I don't know what it is. And uh, all of a sudden I, I answer the phone and it's my sister calling me and she says, you know, Dylan, I don't know what you're doing or how long you're working, but you need to get out of there and get up to the hospital. Your mom collapsed and da- David, which, well, she said dad, but um, that's my stepdad, gave her CPR and they brought her to the hospital. And I was like, you know, kind of lost for words. I'm like, whoa, you know, I mean, my she's had some instances before, um, but I've never heard anyone give her like CPR and it was in that, like that serious and critical. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I left work. Um, I'm like 30 minutes away from the city of Watertown. So it took me a half hour to get there and just thinking in my head, um, driving, I was really nervous, just wondering what's going on. I had so many missed calls <laughs> on my cell phone. Um, finally get there. I remember sitting in the parking lot, I'm walking, I'm talking basically to myself, in my head saying like, please God, don't take her from me today. Because I just, you know, I, I don't I just didn't know what's going on. So I show up and she had all these machines hooked up to her, you know, a ventilator, everything, everything you could imagine is hooked up to her and just looks just so much different. And I was shocked. You know, as soon as I walked in, I saw my grandmother and I asked her, is she alive? That's the first thing I asked, is she alive? Is she alive? And I said, yeah, you know, she's, she's got a pulse and stuff. So I was relieved at that moment. Um, but we go into the weekend and she was in a coma and she wasn't responding to any stimulation, anything that they were trying to do. Um, it was, I believe, a Saturday. They were they lowered her body temperature to cool her because they said she had a lot of inflammation and everything in like her brain and whatnot. So they wanted to cool her down and then bring her back to temperature the following day and see if she responds. And so... Uh, you know, definitely a couple nights, sleepless nights, just wondering and worrying. I didn't stay at the hospital. They told me, you know, go home. And so I did go home. My stepdad stayed up there. Um, you know, I remember showing up Sunday and ironically, it was Super Bowl Sunday. It was February 2nd. 
Um, and anyone that knows my mom, I mean, she's a big football fan, loves love the Giants, love football. She was excited for the Super Bowl this year. And the doctors pull us in and they said, uh, they're like, well, we ran the CAT scan and stuff like that. They said we we didn't get any signs of stimulation, nothing like that. So we did the scan and she had two massive strokes in her brain and she's completely brain dead. There's no no way coming back. And uh, just hearing that news for the first time, I mean, I it just I didn't know what to believe. I mean, I was like, she's 55 years old. She's young. She's had health issues, nothing like strenuous like that. And just just going from I talked to her Wednesday night after work to, you know, just all this happening in that span of time. Um, and I and she was one of those people that always had these conversations, like these really critical ones. She told me and my stepdad, you know, if I'm ever in a situation where I'm basically a vegetable, I'm hooked up to machines. She's like, pull the plug. I don't want to be like that. And ironically, that's kind of the state she was in. And, uh, so, you know, we've, we had to make that decision to let her go. And, uh, you know, it was just, obviously that was one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life. Probably the hardest thing I'll do or face, um, you know, and just, you know, like you, you got to talk about the stages of grief. You I've experienced all of them and, uh, it's just, it's a crazy thing. I never would have thought at 23 years old, I'd lose my mom, um, you know, she was my most important person in my life and my, my parent. And I, I don't, I'm not close to my father. I don't really associate myself with him as much. So it's like, I, I basically feel like I don't have my parents anymore. I mean, I have my stepdad, my stepdad's my dad. I always considered him that. And, you know, so at least I do have that, but it's just, yeah, that, that loss was nothing. I, I, I figured down the, down the road, you know, she would be old and that's how it would happen. Like a traditional kind of way, not something out of the blue, you know? And, uh, yeah, just, it, it hit me like crazy. And, you know, I know, I know Dan was there when it happened, when I told him and, uh, you know, and shout out to giants 366. They made a big award for, um, you know, which we're doing every year, by the way, every year until the day, me and Matt and you, Dylan, till the day all three of us croak, we're going to do that award. Yeah, and, that was, and I appreciate that because that was awesome. I know she would have loved it. Um, you know, there's a, when they posted that, everyone at our work was sharing it, and they were just really proud of it. And they said she'd be really proud of it. But, um, but yeah, that's you know kind of what happened. It all just was random. You know, I never. There's no warning signs. And actually, to this day, I still have no idea what she died from. I have no idea. It was all kind of no one had answers. They still then they still really don't. They don't they don't really know. So it's I guess kind of a mystery, but it's just, you know, kind of a life lesson of anything can happen at any any moment. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you literally just sound like you just went into work. You got one of the worst phone calls of your life, basically. Um, which is you hear that story, those stories happening all the time. And I think that you never actually think that they'll happen to you. You mm-hmm. know, like I think everybody always thinks, oh, that, that won't happen to me. I think so. I, I mean, everybody knows it. Like everybody knows what life's a gift. Everybody knows that every day could be your last. But yep. there's things that happen, I guess, that sometimes really make you know it. I, I know you mentioned the stages of grief. Would you say because I have this theory about the stages of grief and I, I, I would say it's probably pretty widely accepted. I think with grief 
a lot of times people think you just go through the stages like check marks, like oh, got denial off the list. Now I'm, um, now I'm angry, you know. And then and then you you, you go down the list. But would would you say that it's something that's more cyclical? That like you could bounce bounce around. You could have moments of acceptance, but then be angry a couple days or a couple hours later. Like would you say that, you know, it's a normal feeling when you experience a loss of that magnitude that you know, you kind of always are going through those stages. Yeah, I think it's, um, like you said, it's just kind of a magnitude. It just comes and goes. Um, you know, there's been many days where I feel like I could just pick up the phone and call her and say, hey, let's go do something, you know. Um, it even still feels like that. I feel like I could easily just text her right now and just, you know, have a conversation. And then there's uh, there's other days where it just kind of hits you like, uh, you know, I've, I've thought before, you know, there's nothing more that she wanted than to see my grandkids one day. She talked about it all the time. And when I sometimes think of that topic or something, it just kind of hits me like, you know, wow, she's never she's never going to see them, you know. And uh, and then there's other days where I just it, you accept it. You're like, yeah, this is what it is. And I just have to continue to move on. And you know, but it, it does, it just, it's kind of the most random things, you know, I'll, I'll do something or see something that reminds me of her and it just kind of clicks in my head and, you know, and brings it back. And then other times, you know, you just kind of go through your day, like a normal day. And, mm-hmm. but they, they do, they, all the stages, they show up at some point, somehow, um, some of them can be in order. Cause I think acceptance is, really towards the end i mean you might think you accept it early on but you really haven't yet um yeah i I think acceptance in in a lot of ways until you get really far down the line i think you have moments of acceptance that are just maybe you're distracted maybe you had a fun day fishing or whatever it is you like to do for fun and then you just have these like brief moments of acceptance sometimes like, I, mm-hmm. I think that is and, and that I think it's normal to, to have those brief moments and then revert back. Uh, yeah. It sounds to me like uh, you were even starting those five stages even before the final decision had to even I mean, as you were saying, just like as you were going from the uh, from the prison to the hospital, you know, just trying to already in that bargaining stage of just yeah. don't let this happen. I'll, I'll do whatever it takes. I'll yep. I'll be a better man. Just let this happen. So, I mean, it's uh I, I mean, it's one of those situations where you, you, you almost got triggered into that, those stages of grief before you even know if there was gonna, any uh, loss actually going to happen. Um, but, man, I just that, – that's tough to hear. I, I, I've got a good relationship with, with my father and, and you know, um, just kind of staying on subject of just kind of what y'all were talking about a moment ago. I try not to interrupt if I can help it, but I heard a quote the other day that was by Frank Sinatra, you know, that live every day like it's your last because one day you'll be right, you know, and uh, I think that is important to, to continue to live life. Um, another, another quote to just throw out there is that you only live as long as the last person to remember you. So in my opinion, in, in, you, in you, your mom is still living. You know, she, you still have the memories of her. You still have the feelings that you, you felt towards her. And I don't, I don't think, I, I feel like a lot of people, they've, they've got this understanding of grief that the sooner that you forget it, the sooner that you can move on and just not think about it. And, and I fully disagree. I mean, I, I'm, I'm the type of person that I almost, I almost like sit in my grief, like it's some kind of hot tub and I'm just like, yeah, hey, how's it going, you know, to my uh, demons in there. Um, yeah. But it, it's to me, I, I like trying to embracing it. 
a little bit more because I feel like that um, that just level of uh, oh goodness of just going through it instead of avoiding it uh, really helps you actually uh, heal from it better. But um, man, uh, so how have these most recent months, not just in like the immediacy after it, but uh, I mean, you're saying that this is early February. Now here we are just about to enter July. Uh, you know, that's about five months worth. I mean, that, what, what's been the process for you between now and then of actually continuing to try and just return to you some semblance of your former self? Um, I mean, a lot of it, honestly, it was tough when quarantine was happening because you had a lot of downtime. I'm your, you were home and, uh, being back to work. I mean, initially when I went back to work early on, it was hard because we worked at the same place too. And, uh, I, every day I'd go in the mailroom and say, you know, how's it going and see her in the afternoon and talk to her for a little bit. So, uh, for the longest time I avoided that hallway, I couldn't go down it. And eventually I had to go in the mailroom for something. And I just, I, I looked at the one person that works there. I couldn't look at the desk next to me cause that's where she used to sit. And it's like, I can't, I can't do that right now. Um, but you know, and then we got, um, the whole quarantine thing. I was home. Um, part of it was good and part of it was bad. A lot of it was, you know, I, I got to do a lot more things that I like to do. I was home. I got to, you know, spend more time with, um, my family at home, but also just, you know, there's this like nature trail I have near me. I'd walk that every day just to get outside, clear my head. Um, but ever since being back to work this past month, it's just been kind of more of a distraction. It gives you something to put, you know, something else on your mind. Um, at this point, you know, I going back to work and she's not there. I've adjusted to that. Um, when I first started there anyway, she wasn't there. She came back, um, partially through when I was probably a couple months after I started. So I, I've worked there before without her there. So that's kind of how it feels now. Um, mm -hmm. but even the little things like I drive by her house every day to go to work and I drive by there now. And, you know, at first it was, it was different, but now I've been over there a few times to see my stepdad and, um, my sister's living over there with them now. And, you know, I've kind of adjusted to all that. And, uh, you know, it's, it's made it a little easier. And, you know, the biggest thing too, that I do miss though, is just having the time to clear my head. You know, um, I'd be home and, um, it just, it's random days you'll have where you don't want to be around absolutely anybody. And it's not that you don't like them or you don't love them and you don't just, you know what I mean? You just, you just need the time to be alone. You don't want to be around people. So, you know, I would, go on that trail, clear my head, sit by the water and just think, you know, and, um, sometimes shed a few tears here and there just to get it out. And, you know, as of late, it's been much easier. I can say I, it's probably been, well, since, uh, Memorial day weekend, that's the last time I ever really cried over what happened. You know, it's been a while and, uh, you know, most of that was because it was our first cookout without her. As soon as I left, it was just, you know, a lot of emotions, but, um, but it was just, you know, at this point, I mean, obviously there's still pain there, but, um, just kind of adjusting to everything. It's, it's been getting 
I guess I know a lot of people don't like to say it's getting easier, but it, it, it does. It feels like it's gotten easier because it's just you find different ways to cope and you find different ways to adjust and accept. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, I, I think the the reason why a lot of people don't necessarily like the, the phrase "it's getting easier" is because that it kind of suggests that if you know you had this big old, uh, as a metaphor, my dad uses like a like a bag of rocks, you know, a backpack just full of rocks, you know, that weight um, it might not actually get less, or you just get more used to it, and so that that's kind of how it feels like it gets easier. At least in in my experiences, it's obviously not the same as yours right here, but um, it's not that it gets easier and lighter but it's just that you're more used to it you're more experienced with it and, and so you know how to handle yourself better uh considering the change yeah yeah Dan, i'm sorry were you about to say something oh well no i i, I was just going to kind of build off that because I, I i think it's very important actually i was going to actually shift just a little bit in the sense that um right now i'm rereading harry potter and you know, uh, which is good choice. Awesome. Good choice. Yeah, I, I read it for the first time five years ago. Rereading it again now. There's a line that Sirius Black says. I think, uh, I think it's in book three, but he says, "The ones that love us never truly leave us. You can find them in here, in your heart." Um, mm-hmm. And I just think that that line is so true because I think. No matter what you do in life, I think you always stand on the shoulders of those who walk before you. Um, you know, and, and, and I think there's always a part of you that will always remember their lessons and you always want to make them proud. Um, and it doesn't necessarily make that grief easier to deal with, but it gives you, I think, um, I don't want to say motivation, but it just gives you like in, intrinsic belief that it's almost like there's there's somebody out of this world that's got your back, and I, there's just a weird comfort in that. You know, would you would you say that's the case, Dylan, or, or would you say you've experienced anything like that? Or yeah, I think um, you know, like you said, just a lot of people remind you, and when things like this happen, they remind you she's always with you, she's always in your heart, or she's watching over you stuff, and you know, and I, I mean, I'm personally, I'm religious, so I, I do believe in that kind of thing. I know some people might not be, but um, just some, sometimes you can just, you kind of feel their presence a little bit. Um, you can be in a scenario like, uh, I'm sure I'll feel it this, this season, if, uh, you know, obviously the NFL goes as planned and everything when Giants games are going on, um, we used to text each other all the time. And I think I could still probably in a sense, feel that presence that she's watching the game with me. Um, biggest thing is, uh, right, right after this all happened, um, I know she, she lost both her parents within a span of four years. And when she told me about some of the things like she'd have dreams about them you know and they'd come and go and actually the weirdest thing was um it was probably that week when she passed away um that i had this random dream and it's one that i mean because i don't remember a whole lot of dreams but this one i remember as clear as day is um i play in a sunday league rough touch league and she went to all the games all the time and uh and I was on the field practicing or warming up or something. I look over and I saw her walking on the sideline and in your head, in my dream, I was thinking like, I was shocked. Cause I, I know what happened. I know that she passed. And I'm like, I'm like, Oh my God, that's my mom. Like she's walking down, you know, the thing. And I ran over to her and was like talking to her or whatever. And the clearest thing that she said to me, she was like, Dylan, I'll always be here for you. And then like, that's all I remember from that dream. And just things like that. Like it's, you know, that kind of thing you just kind of stick with. So 
after you know hearing that and seeing that in my dream i'm like you know it's it must be true that they're with you after after these things happen because it's kind of a way that she, i feel like she was coming to me and letting me know and uh but yeah you through a lot of things you'll feel the presence you know um especially if you're really upset about something or you're scared you know um a lot of people pray and stuff. I find myself doing both that and just talking to my mom, you know, and just, you kind of just feel that comfort, you know, and feel that presence of her being there. Yeah. Cause energy, you know, I'm a big believer in energy. I think, you know, there's, I, I'm weird in the sense that some days I just wake up and I'm just like, things just feel a little off and whatnot. Or <laughs> on the flip side, if there's really good energy, if you're in a positive environment, I think things are going to do better. And I think there's actually a lot of scientific evidence that, you know, if you tell students that on a test, like, hey, good luck, you're going to do great on this. They're going to generally do better on it. Right. Um, that's just one example. But, I, but I'm a big believer in energy. And I think that if when somebody passes along I, I i think it's fair to say that a lot of their energy might you know transfer to you or transfer to their loved ones in, in, in some sense in the sense that um they'll always you'll always have that like ring of protection if you will almost and uh you'll always have memories and 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 you know i i, I believe that memories are alive in many ways you know like if just because something's happening another harry potter quote just because something happened inside your head doesn't mean it's not real right um, and, and I think when you can look back and have those fond memories along with that, I think it, I think it definitely helps, um, you know, make things easier. Now, granted, I have both my parents and I'm very, very lucky that, but I have lost, you know, grandparents and stuff. So I have felt that too, in, in a lot of ways. So it's interesting though. Now, uh, Dylan, what would you say, uh, has been the best tool, uh, for you over the last few months? Um, I mean... Uh, is it just kind of not not necessarily avoidance per se, but um, man, I'm trying to think about a way, better way to actually define what I'm trying to say. But what what would you say has actually helped you get through like the the tougher stages? You know, because I mean, let, let's be honest. I mean, depression is really shitty. It's really it's a really shitty part of it. But there's not really much that you can do besides just kind of taking it. I mean, whenever you start getting into like the anger and whatnot, that that you know, the bargaining, those are kind of the, the modes where you kind of have to realize that this isn't really going to help me if I keep progressing, uh, with these emotions. Uh, and I mean, how do you, how do you deal with those in particular in order to, you know, work, work through them? Um, the biggest thing is I, I had to find like kind of things to do that made me happy, find a hobby, find something that just brings me the slightest bit of joy. Um, I found over the course of the quarantine when I was off and everything was going on that I, I had a lot of scrap wood laying around from an old porch and I built stuff with that, like birdhouses and, uh, you know, a flower box, things like that. Like just kind of, you know, using my mind and just kind of putting it all together, doing something and just doing something that makes you feel good. Um, you know, even simple, it's like playing playing Xbox. I'd get on Xbox, play with some friends, talk with them. Um, it kind of makes you escape reality for a little while. Um, but as far as you know, things like like the, the depression side, a lot of it. I know a lot of people are afraid to face certain things. Um, like this year when Mother's Day came around, you know that was my first one without her. But you know, I I was not looking forward to it, but I wasn't afraid to face it either because I said, look, I got it 
I get through this. It's the first one. It's going to be tough, but you know what? You got to face it. It's kind of like one of those things where, you know, if you're afraid of heights, you climb a mountain and you, yeah. you overcome that fear, you know, um, you know, I, I went through mother's day and it, it was, it was hard, but you know, at the same time, it wasn't as hard as I initially thought it would be, you know, because I just, I was kind of assuming what I would feel versus what I actually felt at the time. So it's just a lot of those things really, you know, a lot of people will avoid, even like I said, I drive by your house every day. I know some people that lose a grandparent or anybody, they don't, they want to avoid any sort of like memory. Like they don't want to drive by their house. They don't want to go to this certain place. They don't want to do this annual event without them. But for me, you kind of have to push yourself past that. So it'll get easier where you can say, okay, you know, I've done this, I've been through it already, you know, because the biggest thing is a lot of people like to put the, let their life on hold with these things. But deep down, I know someone like my mom would tell not only me, but everybody that she doesn't want them to stop living because she's not here anymore. She wants them to continue to be happy, find a purpose and keep, continue to live their life and not slow it down because of what happened. And I think that's kind of the motivation I have when I find myself in the depression that comes with it is, you know, you'll be in your thoughts and, you know, and like, like I said, I mean, the, the de depression will hit you randomly with these things and you really beat yourself up and you're like, you know, what could have I done to change this? Why did you start asking questions? Like, why did she deserve this? She's 55 years old. She's one of the sweetest, you know, people I've ever met. What did she do to deserve this? Why couldn't it be somebody that's like a total scumbag that, you know, like is a murderer or something like that? Why did they get to live? Someone genuinely nice and compassionate like this deserves to go through this. Um, and then you beat yourself up a little bit and say, well, what could I have done? You know, the biggest thing I've told everybody and it's 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 going to be the biggest regret I've had for probably the rest of my life is the day I went to work where all this happened, she was off because she had pneumonia and she had two days off and I drove by the house. Her car wasn't there. And I was like, Oh, I wonder where she is. Cause she's off today. I was going to call her, see where she was. And I was like, you know what? She's probably uptown shopping. I'm not going to bother. I'll talk to her after work. And that's the biggest thing I beat. I, I try not to beat myself up for it, but that was one extra moment. I could have called her and talked to her before everything happened. You know, and I've had a lot of people tell me, don't beat yourself up. You couldn't control that. That's out of your control. And at, at this point, I've accepted it. But for a long time, it bothered me so much. Cause I, like, that was my last chance to talk to her and I didn't take it, you know, and yeah. um, it was just that was rough. Yeah. Well, I mean, that, that that line of behavior is definitely rough. And I mean, we all um, are going to experience that at some point. And I think that that's kind of the key is that 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 is kind of just uh, that is a certainty that you are going to experience that kind of that line of thought where it's just what else could I have done instead? What how could I have done better? Um, I mean, there's plenty of people that left off saying that they hated somebody or, yep. you know, calling them names. And, and then that was the last thing that they said. So, I mean, at least it does sound that you did have a positive relationship with her, obviously left off with good terms. But if, if, even if you had made that call, there's still going to be something that you would have beaten yourself up for. There, yep. There's never going to just be a perfect yep. way. And so that's kind of why it's, um, the, the brain, <laughs> uh, as intelligent as it makes us as creatures, it really hates us at times because it's yeah. just like, just feel like you're bad, you know? 
but you know that's just you just have to really ignore that and just push that out of your out of your head because it it's it will just continue to breed more and more dark thoughts that will just bring you back down and uh yeah um you know our brains have a tendency of always focusing on what we do wrong instead of the the millions of things more that we've done right and and for me getting to know you as a person like i know you are a good son right i know that your mom was and still is incredibly proud of you um and i think that those are the things because you're you're just a great dude you're genuinely one of the nicest just good people out there and there's not a ton of genuinely good people but i think you're, you're definitely one of them um and uh yeah man I, I i just would just encourage you to focus on those aspects because like you know you uh you you are you're a good man and uh you know there's there's a lot of obviously bad things that have happened but just just try to focus on you know the good times and the good memories and and don't let those it's easy to say obviously a lot harder to do but just don't let those negative thoughts well, I mean, just as uh, as Dan was saying just a little bit ago about standing on the shoulders of, of those who, you know, raised you, um, you know, she obviously imprinted such a large portion of herself on you. And now one day you're you're going to be a dad and you're going to be able to teach your kids and you're probably going to see your mom's attitudes in some of them. And 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 that's just going to be another reminder of of what she did for your life. And, you know, I think that's, that's a, a beautiful reminder. I mean, it, it's sad to think that they're no longer there. But, I mean, um, that, that really is that, – that's the thing about life and death as a human is that if, if there was not death, we would not be able to appreciate life. The fact that it does end, that there is um, – you know, that, that there's a stopping point at some point, it, it really does make you have to appreciate just – what you're actually uh, experiencing and um, yeah. you know I, I do agree with Dan I mean I, I've only gotten to talk to you for a short time but you, you do seem like a very genuine man um, and and I, I don't see one reason why your mom wouldn't be incredibly proud of you especially how you've been able to handle this respecting her wishes after it, it, even for something that may have just seemed like an offhand talk at some point in life I mean yeah. pulling, the, pulling the plug that I, I know it's not actually just like a, a physical like cartoon going and pulling a plug but right Making that decision, I, I know that that probably will be the hardest decision of your life. And being able to go in with your held your ha- your head held high and respect her wishes and be able to let her go physically, letting go. Um, that it, that that is such an important part. And we cannot heal as people until we do learn to let go. You have to kind of cut that cord. You got to make separation happen and. Um, any any time there's separation with something that's comfortable, it's it's gonna seem almost violent at yeah. the time. Um, it does. But it is, but but that's how you heal. You know, if you're having a I, and I also think there's a big difference between letting go and forgetting. Like just because you let something go doesn't mean you have to forget it. If that makes any sense. But I think that there's a lot of freedom in in the sense of. And again, I'm not saying like don't like let your mom's memory or anything like that go. Um, uh, but I think there is freedom. Like it, it takes a lot to hold, harbor like bitterness and things like those bitter bargaining thoughts that you have of like what if I did this differently and, and what if I did that di-? like let like try your best like work through that and let those go um, because those are the things that like 
will eat you alive, you know, and, and, and remember the good times, man. Like, um, that's, if I have, you know, unexpectedly ever go, that's my, that's my expectation for everybody in my life. Just remember the good and, um, you know, talk about how fun, you know, talk about the fun times, talk about all the, all the, all the good moments and, um, you know, that, that's what I think anybody would want for us at the end of the day, especially our parents. They were, would want us to remember the good times and, um, uh, I guess my last question for you tonight, and then we'll, we'll, we'll wrap up here. You know, you're a very positive person. Um, and I know we've kind of sprinkled in. Um, was, that, was that a question? Oh, sorry. Well, right, right. Yeah. My, my final you're a very positive tonight. person? Yeah. Are you? Um, no, but. Got to <laughs> add that inflection. Um, but no, you're, you're a positive guy. Just what motivates you to keep that positive spirit despite the fact that. You've probably had a, like everybody's had a bad 2020, but you've probably had a worse 2020 than everybody's had a bad 2020. Yeah, the the way um, that motivates me for that is, uh, you know, just um, I always believe in the phrase of "there's always a light at the end of the tunnel," mm-hmm. um, and everything happens for a reason. And I know I, I quoted those in the article I wrote a few weeks ago, but I truly believe that. You know, it's, it's hard where things happen in life. You, I try not to question it, you know, like, why did this happen? Why did it happen to this person? Um, it's out of my control. It's not what, anything I can do. The biggest motivator for me is, you know, I, back in high school, my senior year, I had a really rough beginning of the year. I was in a really dark place, and I, I told myself I'd never want to be back in that place ever again. It was, it was just a really rough time. I had a lot of issues going on with mental health and everything. And, you know, and a lot of people didn't know it, you know, I really covered it up really well, but, uh, personally though, I, I've, I was in a really bad spot and I don't want to back in there. And, you know, after going through what this, you know, this event that happened, I, I immediately told myself, you know, not only, I don't want to be back there, but I know my mom wouldn't want me to be in a place like that. And that's kind of the way I motivate myself to be positive is I try to live through, um, like live for these people, you know, everything that I'm going to do the rest of my life, any accomplishments, it's kind of like living through the people that pushed you to be your best, which one of them was my mom. So any of my accomplishments I have thus far, I'm kind of doing it for her also. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just positivity, like there's, there's too much negativity in the world. You can turn on the news and that's all you see. And I've always, I've always hated that. So I, I try to be positive as much as I can. Um, basically with everything. I mean, Dan has seen it with, you know, the giants, they could be going home in 16 and I'm still going to find a good thing to say yeah. about them. Me, I'm over here. Like a <laughs> John Mara. I hope he jumps off the Brooklyn bridge now, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I try to find positivity. I know, you know, I, I like making people happy and, you know, I, I try to display myself the best way I can, you know, not only to help myself, but help other people. And, you know, that's just kind of how I try to live the rest, the rest of my days, you know, it's just because it, believe me, there's days where, you know, if I'm by myself, it's real negative, you know, even like you even get mad at yourself and you ask yourself, like, why am I even here? Like, what is my purpose? You know, I've, I've gone through all this. I've lost all this. Why am I here? You know, and then you start to feel selfish after that and say, what are you doing? Why are you, why are you thinking that way? You have, you're pretty lucky, you know, right now, even though it seems like things are dark, 
you know, I still try to count my blessings and I know deep down. And that's something my mom always told me was there's always somebody out there that has it worse than you, even on your worst days. So you just try to, you know, think about that and say, you know what, you know, why am I being so selfish? I need to be better. And, you know, especially in this time, 2020 has been so negative. I, I just try to keep positive, you know, and keep, keep hope. I never try to lose hope. Yeah, man. And you've done a great job. Um, you've been, you've been, a, you've been a beacon of light to a lot of people, um, especially in your dark time. Paul, I know you had something to say. Yeah. Well, sorry. I was just, uh, it kind of just incorporates just what uh, Dylan just now said with uh, what you said a moment ago, Dan, just about the, uh, the idea that's just, of, you know, letting go um, in, in a positive way because those memories can come back and you can appreciate them, you know, and, and whatnot, instead of just avoiding them. The, the avoidance kind of, of, of thought is such a, conscious decision to avoid and to run away from it and then you know after what you just now said dylan is the opposite of that the, the fact that you're having a positive mentality and and it's almost kind of forcing yourself in a way but it's a choice that you're making to continue to be positive i i will admit i have not always been strong enough to make that choice there's plenty of times where i've just been like all right let's just seep into the negativity and let's just do this you know it's a mud bath or something um and so i i think that that's the important part your is, little pull of um, grief that you were talking about before yeah, yeah. Um, just, um, but I, I just, I just, I feel that being positive and, and trying to have that outlook—that's not just going to change your world. No, it does. It, it's not just going to—it's not just going to make everything disappear. It's not going to make all your problems just suddenly not there anymore. And it's going to be even tougher at times to maintain that positivity when you feel like it is just a facade, and and that you feel that. You're, you're keeping it up and, and you're crumbling inside. But continuing to try to act positively in, in the face of despair, in the face of this hopelessness that you might be feeling and, and whatnot from just uh, from the loss, uh, it, it's, it really does reflect uh, a lot of strength of character uh, and whatnot. And, and so I, I very much so admire that, that you do have the strength to continue to choose to be positive, to choose to try and be your best self every day, even when you don't feel that way. Yeah. And, and you know what, right. Dil, you know what, man, like, thank you very much for coming on the show and, and, and absolutely. Thank you. Share, sharing your story with us. Um, but just most of all, thank you for being you. You know, I, I do know your best days are ahead of you and I know you've experienced a lot of, of, of great loss in your life, but uh, I, I know for certain that your best days are, are for sure ahead of you, man. And, and, um, you always you have a group of people who in 366 who believes in you, man, always. And, and we, we love you. We care about you and um, uh, all that good stuff, right. man. So just keep that in mind. If you're ever having a down moment, hit me and Paul up. And that goes for anybody listening to the show. Listen, hit us up. We're down to talk. We're down to help each other through it. Um, that's life, man. So, Dylan, you got any closing thoughts this evening? Yeah, I just, um, you know, again, just wanted to thank, you know, you, Matt, um paul and everybody in 366 all the contributors um uh, everybody they've all been there for me at least you know even if it's just a simple message um stuff like that means a lot and uh you know also my family and friends i have a great group of people you know i i never realized like you get on facebook after all this happened there's a lot of people you haven't talked to in years um some people you never really even talked to um messaged you left a comment um, even some people that came to the, the services, you know, I, I haven't seen in years, you know, it, um, just really grateful and appreciate it. And just everybody out there, you know, um, 
I, I'm going to sound like a teacher giving a homework assignment, but you know, just tonight or any day, I just encourage you to text or call your parents, your loved ones, everybody, and just let them know you love them. And, you know, tell them you care about them or just, just even just, you know, if you haven't talked to them in a while, a couple of days, whatever, just, you know, even just say hello. I mean, it, you don't really value those kind of moments and everything until it's your last conversation. And of course, you never know when that is. So you just always, just always value every conversation, every moment you have, because once it's gone, you, you know, there's no going back. Yeah, you're hundred percent right, man. So that's a great place to end. I feel like Dylan, Thank you for, very much for being Absolutely. our first ever guest on Be Happier Die Trying. It definitely will not be the last time. Uh, we'd love to have you on um, again yeah, at some definitely. point. Um, and just again, thanks for being you, man. Um, you know, we, we love doing this podcast so we could hear people's stories and we could help people through some times. And, and I know that this episode will reach people and help them. So um, that is that is the main thing here. So thank you guys all so much for listening. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that follow button. And uh, you know, let's 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 keep this conversation going. Um, let's keep this conversation going. We're gonna release episodes every Tuesday night, um, and we're gonna release uh, you know Tuesday night, Wednesday morning they'll be out. So um, you know, we're really really excited to keep this thing going. And, and thank you so much. I hope you all have a very good rest of your day, night, evening, morning, whenever you're listening. We'll talk soon.